We're talking about sin, temptation, the fall, all that good stuff today in episode three of our six-part series, talking about the beginning and the end of the Bible. Today, we're diving into Genesis 3, talking about Adam and Eve, talking about the serpent, talking about the fall, talking about sin, and why this world is terrible, and why we are sinful, and why we struggle with temptation and sin and all that stuff in this world. Let's talk about it today, Genesis 3. Let's hit it. Welcome to a brand new episode of Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. So we're in the middle of a six-part series talking about the beginning and the end of the Bible. This is Genesis 3. So if you missed the previous two episodes on Genesis 1 and 2, go back and listen to them on the podcast. Go back and watch them on YouTube. Go back and watch them on Instagram. They're right there. We're diving into Genesis 3 today, and then on the next episode, we'll pivot to Revelation. So we're going to read the last three episodes of the Bible. So today in Genesis 3, we're talking about Adam and Eve. We're continuing that conversation about Adam and Eve that we had uh, last episode. And this is when they encounter God, they encounter sin, they get questioned by God, and, and they kind of get kicked out, uh, so to speak. So we're going to talk about Paradise Lost. We're going to talk about the temptation. We're going to talk about that conversation they have with God, which is about half a chapter, which is pretty interesting. And we're going to talk about why this world is the way it is. Yes, we have free will, and Eve and Adam both show that in this chapter, how they use their free will, uh, not for good, uh, but for bad. Uh, So let's dive in and read uh, Genesis 3, The Man and Woman's Sin. Uh, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say to you not to eat the fruit from the trees in the garden? Okay, so if you go back to chapter 2, it talks about the two trees, uh, and and, uh, the tree of life and then the tree of uh, good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. So that's what he's referring to. Chapter 2, of course, we may eat fruit from any trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are now allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it, and if you do, you will die. Verse 4, you will die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Okay, so this is this shows you how easy it is and, and to be tempted by this world and be tempted by Satan. I think all of us feel temptation in some form or fashion every single day, and Eve gets tricked here pretty quickly, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, the next the next verse or the next uh, words are the woman was convinced. Didn't take much. Uh, it didn't take much, uh, and um, it doesn't take much to tempt us, does it? Uh, I think a lot of times we go about our day and we think about what we're doing and we make decisions along the way. And sometimes we make decisions based on what we want versus what God wants for us or what we want or what we think will glorify God. And this is a prime example of Eve knowing better, okay? And Adam for that part. Well, I mean, we'll talk about him in a minute. (laughs) But uh, Eve knowing better, uh, but being easily convinced, and her temptation and her curiosity got the best best of her. So verse uh, 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, 
and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. Okay, two things. One, it doesn't say apple. Okay, it just says fruit. I know we've become accustomed to seeing the visualization of the apple. I mean, it's on the back of our phones, for crying out loud. Uh, The apple with the bite taken out of it. Uh, That tells you how this device that we're using is probably not always being used for good. Okay, Uh, that's a whole other discussion. But uh, I mean, you got to think about the temptations and the signs that are all over the place. uh, And that being one of them. So um, the other thing is Adam. Come on, guys. Um, I realize that, uh, you know, guys, for the most part, uh, me included, uh, we follow our wives uh, wherever they go. And we're here to support our wives. Uh, But he didn't even need convincing. He just fell in line with what Eve did. That shows you also, and if you go back uh, to the, uh, you know, the previous chapter, and just just to the very, you know, two chapters in, this explains why a man leaves his wife and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. That was in Genesis 2. So now they're no longer two, they are one. So of course Adam followed along with Eve. It didn't matter whether it was Adam starting or Eve starting. They're both one now. Uh, so they're going to make that decision. So, hey, you marry people. I'm one of them. Uh, good or bad, uh, you know, thick or thin, uh, you know, you, you're going to stick with your wife and your husband until the very end, hopefully anyways. And this is a uh, certainly a um, an example of Adam following along uh, without questioning his wife's uh, motives. So um, it's okay to question each other is the point, okay? But this had to happen. All right, um, where were we? Uh, da, 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 da. Then she gave it to her husband. Okay, so verse 7. At this moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. It's interesting how they became, they did become aware of the knowledge of good and evil. So they did, God was not lying to them. Uh, they did open their eyes. Uh, for that uh, knowledge. So verse 8, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Uh, Two things. One is, how awesome would it be to live? And hopefully one day we'll all experience this. How awesome is it to see God and be able to talk to him? And this is God's word. These are quotes from the Lord. He replied, and this is Adam. He replied, I heard uh, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And this is also an interesting conversation because God already knows. Okay? God already knows. He already knows what sin you're struggling with. He already knows what decisions you've made. He already knows what um, you know, what sin that you have fallen into. He knows. He wants to hear it from you. He wants you to admit it, but he already knows. Verse 11, Who told you that you were naked, the Lord God asked? Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat? The man replied, It was a woman who gave me the fruit. I ate it. Then the Lord asked the woman, "Who? What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That is why I ate it. Okay, so before we get to the conversation between God and the devil... It's also interesting to point out that because they have that 
sin, because they have that knowledge of good and evil, because they have betrayed God, they automatically understood what they have done and immediately blamed somebody else. Okay? Adam, what happened? What did you do? Oh, Eve tricked me. Eve, what did you do? Oh, the serpent tricked me. They automatically got into that taking no responsibility for their own decisions, taking no responsibility for your own lives. That is a sinful act, right? That's what God is showing us here in Genesis 3. Take responsibility regardless of what you have done. Take responsibility for your actions. And this is something Adam and Eve did not do. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly and groveling in the dust as long as you live. All right, so this is God condemning the actions of the serpent and basically telling him, You're the lowest of the low. You will be on the ground, groveling on the dust. Okay? And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and be between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and I will strike his heel. Then, then he said to the woman, okay, so he turns from the serpent, turns, goes to Eve, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and the pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. So that is, you know, from, from God's perspective, initially his initial curse on Eve was right to childbirth, right to sharpen the pain of pregnancy, pain giving birth. It's interesting how he went right there and basically gave Eve the the worst pain she can experience is pregnancy and birth. Now, why did he do that? That's a great question. Think about the greatest thing a woman, and we'll get to the man in a minute, the greatest thing a woman can do is create life, okay? Give birth, become pregnant. That is a a beyond a miracle. It is beyond comprehension that we can do that. The science of it all and the details of how it can how it happens and 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 all the nine months of growth and and how a woman can give birth is a pure miracle. I have two kids myself, and it's a pure miracle that, of that. So God cursed the greatest thing for the woman. The thing that she's going to enjoy the most, which is giving birth to her child, he is kind of cursing, giving her pain for that, okay? Verse 17, and the man, then to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to, get, to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles, and you will have to eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground for which you were made. For you are made from dust, and I dust I return you. So a couple of things that he kind of curses Adam with now is now your life is not going to be a life of leisure. Okay, before you guys were living perfectly in the garden, everything was good, you had dominion over everything, and everything was provided for you. Now, because you fell into this trap, Adam, now you've got to work hard. And as you're working to scrounge out, to scratch a living, as he says, from it, I'm going to give you thorns, I'm going to make it challenging, and your life is going to be tough. So two things. The woman's going to be cursed with pain, right? And she's going to be cursed with, uh, as he said, uh, 
you'll have control. You'll have desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And the man, hey, your life is going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to work hard. Nothing's going to come easy to you. And one day you're going to die. I created you from the dust. And now dust you remain. It's every it, it return. It's interesting how possibly, this is not stated in the Bible, possibly Adam and Eve weren't meant to die, right? Physically, physical deaths at that time. This is the only time it's offered, it's kind of mentioned, the first time it's mentioned, with that you are made from dust and dust you will return. So maybe this is the moment that God decides, you know what? I've got to limit this lifespan of these people because uh, they're not making good decisions. All right, Paradise Lost, uh, verse 20. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. Uh, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. I do like how God scolds them, right? And then pivots and and creates clothing for them, just as all good fathers would do, right? You, you get upset with your children, and then you comfort them. Verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. Okay, so two parts of 22, and I'm diving deep into this, okay? 22, one is, Look, the human beings have become like us. I talked about this last episode, or maybe it was Genesis 1, sorry. I talked about this in Genesis 1 episode. Who is the us? The us is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was there from the beginning, okay? This entire book is about Jesus Christ, okay? He was there at the beginning. It's not many gods, it's a God in three parts, okay? The Trinity is real, and it talks about it right here. The second part is... Uh, they, they talk amongst themselves, like, hey, what happens if they eat from the true tree of life? Then they will live forever. That's foreshadowing and prophesying about, uh, about being in the book of life, being uh, blessed and saved by Jesus Christ. Okay? The tree of life. God is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? Jesus is the life. So what if they take fruit from the tree of life? Then they will live forever. Verse 23. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden. He sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he was made. Hard work, as he talked about. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty tree room into the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword there, flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. So not only did he... Uh, banish Adam and Eve out to the world and said, fine, you know, you're not worthy of the Garden of Eden anymore. You've betrayed me. You've fallen. Therefore, now you got to go out and you got to live outside of this perfection, outside of this haven. Go. And now you're going to have to work hard. And I'm going to put something out there to protect this tree of life, this mighty sword. Okay. And there's a whole lot of uh, visual allegories and, and different things with that means right? Protection of the tree of life. Pretty interesting, huh? So that is uh, where we leave it in, in Genesis 3. We, we have the creation in Genesis 1. We have the creation of Adam and Eve and how that talks about in 2. Immediately we pivot in 3 with they betray God and the fall. Now life is hard. 
Now they're in this real, this new world that's not Eden anymore. Now they're in our world, which is full of thorns and dust and dirt and grime and hard times and tough situations. That's why sin exists in this world, because Adam and Eve brought it in to begin with. But it didn't take long, did it? I mean, you're right at the beginning of the Bible. So if you think about it, at the very, very beginning of the Bible, we go, hey, I created all things. I'm going to create special Adam and Eve, and they betray him. Bam. Just like that. Now the rest of the Bible is talking about what the repercussions of that mean. Okay? So that's Genesis 3. Uh, it's interesting. We're going to pivot to the end in a minute. So that's how this world was created. And uh, on the next three episodes, we'll talk about how it's going to end, at least the way we know it right now, how that's going to end, if that makes sense. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. Uh, if you're live here on Instagram, make sure you ask a question on the bottom. I'll have a sip of coffee, and I'll see what we got down there. And so even if uh, uh, even if it's about these, this chapter, great, or about the first two chapters of Genesis, ask away. Uh, if you have another question about uh, something totally unrelated, I'm happy to answer that too. So, all right, let's see what we got here. Ask your question in the question area because if you put it in the comments, it scrolls by too fast, and uh, and uh, there's no way for me to, uh, you know, get to it. Okay. All right. Da, da, da. All right. So in the beginning of the third chapter, we know that the serpent might be the uh, form Satan took to lead Adam and Eve astray. Uh, why do you think the Bible did not say the serpent was Satan uh, right away? That is a great question. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, my theory, because it does, it doesn't necessarily say it. The general consensus is that it is say, Satan taking the serpent's form. Obviously, it doesn't say that it's a snake uh, either, or it's an apple. So there's some uh, some language uh, things there that we're reading. Um, I, I think ultimately, when you read the rest of the Bible, okay, in context, and you see what the devil. Uh, is and what he does throughout the entire Bible, you understand that the serpent at the beginning was him. Okay, he takes many forms, uh, that is for sure, and that's just one form. Why did God uh, not write it out specifically? You know, I'll tell you, uh, you know, there were uh, lots of, uh, you know, writers in the Bible, uh, that's for sure. So uh, it's, uh, you know, one book. Uh, consisting of 66 books written over thousands of years. And it's interesting how it all plays together. And I think there's a lot of chapters and a lot of language in the Bible that doesn't just come out and say exactly, you know, what it means. I mean, read the, read the words of Jesus, uh, for crying out loud, and a lot of the Gospels. He uses a lot of language that you're reading these stories and these parables, trying to figure out what the lesson is and how to, you know, what does he mean by that and so forth. I think this is just another example of that. Uh, I, I don't think he has to say uh, it, uh, it is Satan. What it is is the fact that, uh, you know, we know by the actions. And that's a lesson in itself, uh, is that uh, we are known uh, by what we do. And by, uh, this is going to blow your mind a little bit. If we go back in Ephesians, different places, I just thought of this, that we've, we've talked about in the past, talking about bearing fruit, right? And in the Bible, it talks about uh, we will be known, right? We will People will know that we love Jesus and that we're saved by the fruit that we bear, by the actions that we take, by the example that we set. This is exactly what Genesis 3 is talking about. The serpent is known to be the devil 
by the fruit that he bared, by the fruit that he presented. Where do you think that comes from? All tied together, my friends. All tied together. Uh, so in this instance, the devil, the serpent, bared the fruit that brought sin. What fruit are you bearing in your life? What actions are you showing in your life to show whether you are loved by Jesus or not? Uh, can you please post these lives? Uh, T Blinky, I do post these lives. They're on. They will be on my uh, my uh, Instagram page. Uh, but you can watch all of them on YouTube or listen to any of them uh, that we've done in the past on Spotify, Apple, everywhere you find podcasts. If you don't want to stare at me, if you just want to listen to your car, feel free. Uh, but I have them all there. So there's like 90 episodes over there. Okay. All right. Um, uh, you said that the tree of life uh, they ate out was Jesus. Can you go over that, please? I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it. I, I wouldn't say it it uh, was Jesus. I say it's a, it's a, it's a sign of Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of, when you read the Old Testament, there are a lot of things that point to Jesus. Uh, there are all these prophecies that he fulfilled, but there's all these kind of signs and examples uh, of, of setting up the narrative to where when Jesus comes and we read the Bible in its entirety, we can understand better. And part of that, as this is a symbol of what they're talking about in the sense of, if you partake in the tree of life, if you, uh, you know, if, if you if, if you bite out of that tree of life's fruit, right? It, it, not physically, not literally, but metaphorically, you will live forever. So that's a, that's a metaphor for Jesus. It's not literal, like Jesus was the tree. It's not what I mean, uh, but it is certainly a metaphor for Jesus. If you uh, if you accept that and you uh, you know you bite of that fruit. Uh, and we even see that in the New Testament as Jesus is at the Last Supper, Supper talking about this is my body and this is my blood, and you eat of my body, uh, and you're eating the communion wafer or whatever you do in your church, uh, and you're literally eating of Jesus uh, metaphorically or symbolically, uh, and that's the same thing as we're talking about in the Tree of Life. Uh, you're eating out of it uh, metaphorically or in Adam and Eve's literally <laughs> and uh, obtaining that tree of life. So that's what that that means. Okay. All right. One more question, then we'll uh, we'll get on out of here. Uh, two more questions. This one's easy. What translation do you read? I, I read the New Living Translation. I actually have a link. Uh, if you go to my website, uh, the links in my bio and um, or even in the show notes of this. Typically, if you're watching the uh, podcast. Uh, uh, on YouTube or listening to it. If you scroll down on the on the notes, uh, I have a link to my Bible that's on Amazon. So take a look at it. Uh, but it's a New Living Translation. I've got tons of Bibles over here that you can't see off screen. Uh, I've read uh, a bunch of different versions, and that's just the one I like. Okay, that's just the one I like. All right, one more question, and then uh, let's get on out of here. Um, uh, let's talk. This one's timely, so let's talk about it. Okay, thoughts on Christianity and Halloween. Let's talk about it, and I'm gonna get. Just, you know, probably get some comments that uh, don't like my comments. But here's the, here's the deal on Halloween. I've talked about this before. Um, I talked about it last year. I think I talked about it a little bit in the last episode. Um, Halloween to me is kind of demonic, uh, is filled with the symbolisms of, of the devil and the witches and all the demons and all the stuff that we don't want to partake in. This is true. Okay, this is true. Uh, it is something that is celebrated across many parts of the world that uh, and, and kind of going towards that dark place. Uh, and I think the devil 
uh, really loves Halloween. I think he loves the fact that he can take it in his mind as some sort of um, some sort of praise for what he does, right? Uh, I, I think it's it's uh, he wants to make it the Devil's Day. Now, saying that, here's my thoughts on Halloween. Uh, I don't decorate our house with ghosts and goblins and things like that. I don't. We have some fall decorations. I have a pumpkin on my patio. Uh, I don't have it carved as a jack-o'-lantern, not because of Halloween. It's because I have deer all over the place and uh, in our where we live, and I carve it, and the next day it's gone because they've eaten it. So I don't carve a uh, pumpkin, not because of uh, some sort of satanic thing. But we don't have a lot of, we don't have any, I don't think, uh, any kind of skeletons and all that stuff. I don't want to glorify the the, uh, the the negativity and the darkness that it brings. Now, saying that, okay, I'm going to caveat it with this, okay? <laughs> and this is my opinion, and you can certainly differ. I'm not giving the devil the day. I'm not conceding that we worship God 364 days of the year, and one day we take the day off and just let the devil have that day and say, hey, you know what? I can't do anything about it. It's it's evil. It's dark. Uh, you know, that's the devil's day. I'm just going to sit in my house, turn off my light outside, not hand out candy and not be a part of it. I don't think that's what God wants us to do. So I hand out trick-or-treaters. I hand out candy. Absolutely. Uh, and when those kids and the parents walk up to my door, they see... Uh, Christian things. I have a, a rock that's in my uh, right in my uh, uh, flower bed when you walk up that says the Lord is my rock. I want them to see that this is a Christian house. Okay, so I think that Jesus and God can be glorified even in the darkness, and even especially in the darkness. So yeah, of course I, I hand out candy to kids that want to uh, that want to trick or treat. Uh, we trick or treated with uh, our kids when they were younger. Now they're older now. Uh, so I, I I wouldn't say that I'm I'm entirely like against Halloween in the sense of like I don't uh, partake in it at all, but certainly I stay away from the tough dark stuff. I don't glorify those things in my yard, in my house, any of those things. So that's that's my answer. It's uh, not that I'm wishy washy on it. I'm gonna I'm not gonna give the devil that day. I'm still gonna glorify God. I'm still gonna glorify Jesus. Uh, and uh, if that means I hand out some candy. And uh, tell them God bless when they walk off, and uh, maybe that makes a um, maybe that makes an impact on somebody out there. And I think that's what God wants me to do. That's it. That's my explanation on Halloween. That's how I feel about it. It's it's I like the the dressing up and seeing the kids. It's 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 fun, right? Uh, it, it's fun. I, I like that part of it, but certainly am not going to be hanging up witches and, and decorating, glorifying that garbage at my house. If that makes sense, okay. That's it. That's it. That's my that's my thoughts. I'm not going to give up. I'm not giving this day to the devil, uh, but I'm also not going to glorify anything anything like that at the uh, on that day. So there you go. All right, let's say let's wrap it up with a prayer today. If you missed this episode, as I mentioned, go listen to it on the podcast. The podcast is called Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. Go listen to the other ninety episodes, and if you like them, drop a rating or a review. That would be helpful. Go watch them on YouTube. Living Christian, obviously, is the name of the channel. Bobber and Coffee Drinking. You can look that up on uh, on uh, YouTube as well. So let's have a quick prayer, and um, and then we'll get about our rest of the week. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us this understanding of how you created the world, how you created us, and how we fell and how we betrayed you so fast. Oh, Lord, we do it every day. 
Uh, we do it every single day. We love you so much. And we love the fact that you gave us free will. We love the fact that you allow us to make decisions. But we also apologize for the, some of those decisions that we make. We continue to stumble. We continue to sin. We read Genesis 3, and we still don't learn from it, Lord. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, we're still falling, and we're still failing you. We're sorry. Please give us the strength to make good decisions. Please give us the strength to follow your lead and do the things that you want us to do and glorify you even in the darkness of this world, even in the darkness of this next week, quite frankly, Lord. Let us be the light in the Halloween darkness that we're living. Let this be the light in the darkness of the sinful world that's filled with war and pain and hatred. Let us, as a body of Christ, have the strength and the understanding and the knowledge that you give us to go out and be that light. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great week. Uh, we'll do Friday. We'll do uh, uh, Revelation. All right, we're switching, over, switching gears a little bit. So we're going from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, and we'll be reading the last three chapters of Revelation uh, starting on uh, Friday on the next episode. So until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys. Talk to you all soon.